Good morning. How are we this morning? Are we warmish? <laughs> warmish? It's it's been a tad cool, hasn't it? Um, yeah. I was wondering. I was thinking about this morning. I was thinking about it being Pentecost and and thinking about what a heavenly breeze would actually look like. And um, if you were if you were in our house when I was growing up, um, there was two of us kids and mum and dad, and I um, would be a bit slack, and I I didn't own anything like a hairdryer. Some of you know what those things are, hairdryer. They're meant to dry your hair, apparently. Um, I never used one because my hair just got all knotted and yucky, and uh, so I just left it. Now, as you can tell, it's looking gorgeous again this morning because it's still wet. But I, um, I wanted you to picture for a moment what it was like being in a house that had the central heating coming up out of the floor, right? You'd, like, you obviously used to have it here because there's some ducks around. Um, some central heating coming out of the floor. So what I used to do, I'd get up in the morning and I'd have my shower and I'd go and grab my brekkie, whatever that would be, preferably like toast or something, and I'd then go and plop myself down right in front of the central heating. And I would do this. <laughs> and I'd just let the hair dry all on its own. And it worked really well. Not only did my hair dry, but I was warm, right? I got to walk out the door, going to school, and I was nice and warm. The hair had dried and it looked really good. Now, I can't do that anymore. One, we don't have central heating on the floor. It's in the roof. It's a lot harder to get up there, okay? I don't have Spider-Man skills. I wish I did, but I don't. Um, so I can't blow dry it from up on the thing. And so now it tends to just get tied back, shoved up, and then if I think about it, I might pull it out and let it dry all on its own. But it's amazing what breath and wind can actually do to dry. That's what a hairdryer does, isn't it? It's a concentrated burst of air to blow out onto your hair to dry. Now, I know AD uses it often. <laughs> you can tell, can't you? He's used it so much, there's not much there anymore. No offence, sorry, AD. <laughs> you might not talk to me again after that. Um, <clears throat> but, but wind does that. You, you, can, you can see it coming through, but not the actual wind itself. You see its effects, don't you? You see the effects of wind, but you don't actually see wind itself. So you see the trees blowing or you see the leaves moving or, or if you're lucky enough and you happen to be standing just out the door here and there's a bit of a gust of wind that comes up, up the driveway, you get this little swirl of, of leaves running around in a circle and then they might blow further up or they might just stay there for everyone to trip over on their way in. Wind does that, breath does that and in fact... In the Bible, Jesus actually talks about the Spirit being the breath of God and how that actually relates to us in our lives and what we're going to look at this morning. So I wonder if you could turn with me to John chapter 3. It's a bit of a different Bible reading considering it's um, Pentecost. Normally on Pentecost, you would turn direct to Acts chapter 2 and we might look at that a little bit later, but Today, right now, I wanted if we, if you've got your Bible there or on your app or anything like that on your phone, just turn with me to John chapter 3. We're going to look at the first eight verses. 
Because this is a very interesting way of Jesus explaining who the Spirit is. John chapter 3, beginning at verse 1. There was a man named Nicodemus, a Jewish religious leader who was a Pharisee. After dark one evening, he came to speak with Jesus. Rabbi, he said, we all know that God has sent you to teach us. Your miraculous signs are evidence that God is with you. Jesus replied, I tell you the truth, unless you are born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. What do you mean, exclaimed Nicodemus? How can an old man go back into his mother's womb and be born again? Anyone who's ever had kids would be asking the exact same question. Not a pleasant thought. Jesus replied, I assure you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and the spirit. Humans can reproduce only human life, but the Holy Spirit gives birth to spiritual life. So don't be surprised when I say you must be born again. The wind blows wherever it wants. Just as you hear the wind but can't tell where it is from or where it is going, so you can't explain how people are born of the Spirit. May God add his understanding to that reading today. Now, we're just finishing up the Red Shield Appeal. I'm excited, and I know a few others are as well. <laughs> no more dancing among cars for another, another year. No more sitting down at Golden Square. Anyone had collected down at Golden Square? I know there's a few here today. Where it was actually not that bad when you could see the sun. The sun wasn't always out, but when you could see it, it felt warmer. But when the sun ducked behind a cloud and a little breeze picked up from the side, you thought you were sitting in the Arctic Circle. It was freezing. There was one, um, I think it was Wednesday last week, I can't remember, there was one day where a couple of things had happened and we were all sort of trying to fill in with each other and, and I ducked down there just to give, Kay and Adie have done a huge amount of hours down at Golden Square and we tried to give them a breather. And so I went down and sat for about an hour. Now, an hour is not long sitting collecting, unless you're not prepared for it, of which I was not. Okay? I'm like, oh, yeah, an hour. That's fine. Who could, anyone can do an hour just sitting there. That's fine. I can do that. So I had my jeans. I had my hoodie, T-shirt, singlet, socks, shoes. I sat there, and within 10 minutes... I was like, this was a dumb idea. I need about an extra three layers to sit here. And so I knew I'd planned to go the next day. And so come Thursday morning, and I don't know if anyone else has been having this. I know Kay and I have talked about it earlier this week. It takes a little longer to get dressed in winter than it does in summer. And I'm thinking of Pete, who goes out on the the, um, van overnight. And Darren, you would have had extra layers on last night. Well, we went and bought thermals, (laughs) all right? I had my thermals on underneath, except that worked fine. And even when the breeze came through, it was okay. I still got a little chilly because it got up around the ears. And so the next day, I remembered to bring a hat and a scarf and gloves and left them in the office when I left. But the, the, the thought was there. But when the breeze came through, it was freezing, absolutely freezing, 
When the Spirit of God breezes through, however, tends to light something instead. It doesn't tend to freeze you. It's not like it's coming from the Arctic Circle. Instead, it's, it's a breath of fresh air. It's when the Spirit of God actually allows himself or you allow him to work in your life, that is where you end up feeling warmth. The fire of the Holy Spirit is what we talk about. It warms us up. It can get so confusing when we think about God and the fact that he's three in one. And it's something that is very difficult for most of us to understand. And even the Pharisees themselves tried to understand it. Nicodemus was a Pharisee. He was someone who lived by the letter of the law. And there was, I believe, something like 614 laws that you had to keep. Now, I struggle to keep 10. You know, the top 10, called the Ten Commandments, generally struggle to keep them, let alone the rest. It's hard enough to make sure you don't go through a stop sign or a red light, or some of those things. They stuck to 614 laws, or at least they tried to. And so Nicodemus, with this thinking in the back of his mind where he was the strictest of the strict, following God, comes along to Jesus and says, well, we know you've come from God. Think about that for a moment. How did he know that? How does... Nicodemus know that Jesus came from God. It's not like Jesus walked around with a sign on his back saying, I am God's son. How did he know? Well, Nicodemus knew because of the the miraculous signs that Jesus had been showing. The way he was able to say, your sins are forgiven. That people were able to be healed The blind were able to see people who were hungry who were fed. So it was through the signs of what Jesus did, which of course came through the Spirit of God, that Nicodemus recognised that Jesus came from God. And in fact, this same Nicodemus then also took Jesus' body with Joseph of Arimathea to be buried and wrapped it in cloths. The same guy. Even though he did it in the dark, and there's a whole other story on that. We won't go into that right now. He actually asks God, what must you be do to be born again? And so Jesus responds. Jesus says to him, well, you must be born again. You must come to know God, the Holy Spirit. You must come to discover what it is that the Spirit wants to do in each and every one of you. You see, the Spirit's been there since the beginning. In Genesis chapter 1, if you want to go right back to the very start, now I normally say to people, don't start reading the Bible at the start. Because if you read it like a normal novel and you start at the start and you go right through, you'll get very bored by about the 20th chapter. Or at least I do. takes a bit. Okay, you can start at the very start for about the first three or four chapters, but beyond that it can get very tough to go through. And yet here it says in Genesis chapter 1, it says, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. 
The earth was formless and empty, and darkness covered the deep waters. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. The Spirit of God was there. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Spirit were all there at the very beginning of the creation of the world. And so when we talk about the Spirit of God, this is the creator. This is the God that wants to bring about creativity and life and newness. If you read on in John, um, in Genesis chapter 2, it actually says this. Then the Lord God formed the man from the dust of the ground. He breathed the breath of life into the man's nostrils and the man became a living person. The Spirit of God breathed into man and became a being. So what that tells me is that God loves us so much that each and every one of us has the Spirit of God originally in our lives. But what then happens is that we actually don't listen to the Spirit of God and we learn to hide love, we learn to go against what God would ask, we learn to lie to our parents, we learn to to steal, we learn to do all these things that actually breaks that relationship with God that is the right relationship that we're meant to have. And that's why Jesus needed to die for us because of our sins. And so the Spirit of God is there. And and when we actually ask Jesus into our life, when we say, God, forgive me for what I've done wrong, when we do that, the Spirit of God is then able to be re-released into our life. And we're able to actually have a life that shows things like the fruit of the Spirit. We're able to show love the way it's meant to be shown. We're able to show kindness and joy and self-control and peace and all those things that we know are what is meant to be shown by the Spirit, by, by being a follower of Christ through the Spirit of God. We show that and that's how we know where the Spirit is. Just like when we want to see, we want to know where the wind is, you look for signs. You look to see where it is and what it's doing. We hear the rustle of the leaves. We, we sometimes can smell something that's coming along with it. If you have a fire and you can, the wind carries the fire, you can smell that coming through with the wind and the smoke. You can feel it, whether it's cold or whether it's hot. You know, a northerly breeze is one that you can feel very, very warm in. Ask K and 80. I'm guessing you had nor- northerly winds up, up the Northern Territory. Whenever we, we see God, it's because we're seeing what he's doing in someone else's life. Just like whenever we see the wind going through and rustling the leaves. We can see the leaves moving. We can hear them happening. And so when we see it happening in someone else's life, we know the Spirit of God is working in them. When we hear them talking about God, we know that God's at least starting to do something in someone's life. 
The Spirit of God is something that we each need all the time. In John chapter 14, in fact, Jesus says this. In John chapter 14, verses 15 to 17, he says, If you love me, obey my commandments, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate, one who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. The world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognise him. But you know him because he lives with you now and later will be in you. That is the Spirit of God who lived as a part of lived with Jesus and I believe lives with each and every one of us but as I said before we taint it and we we end up blocking it out it's more than just our conscience that tells you you know you shouldn't do that you know when you've gone to touch something hot and something tells you you're not meant to do it other than what your parents have told you as you've grown up it's more than that it's when we actually discover that God is trying to speak directly into our lives and showing us what we're meant to do Jesus says, I assure you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and the Spirit. And the only way we receive the Spirit is when we actually trust Jesus. The Spirit is who gives us life. The Spirit is who actually encourages us and challenges us and guides us. It is the Spirit of God who will show you right from wrong if you ask. He is the one who will guide you to the right passages in the Bible to help you. He is the one who will continue to let you show love when love doesn't necessarily be deserved to be shown. The Spirit of God is how we as Christians actually live a Christian life. And so if we haven't released ourselves to the Spirit of God, if we haven't let that heavenly breeze take over us, then we're living a weakened life. We're living a life that is probably very similar to the Pharisees where we're trying to top it up with, with obeying rules and laws and we're, we're doing what we think is right and true but not actually letting God's spirit move in among us. Because I believe firmly that if we each, everyone, every Christian in the world was living the way the Spirit of God encourages us to live, then we wouldn't have people sitting there saying that we as Christians are hypocrites. We wouldn't have people saying, I wouldn't want to go to church because they say one thing and do another. If we actually let the Spirit of God speak into us, we would know how to show love to our enemies. We would know how to look after the hungry. We would know what it is that God asks us to do. But while we continue to try and make up for it by often even praying our prayers and reading the words out of the Bible and doing many things that we think is what's going to work, 
And all those things are good and they're necessary and they're, they're part of the spiritual disciplines that we're meant to have. But while we continue to do just that and don't actually listen to God saying to us, I need to be released in you, I need to be able to speak through you, I need to actually show people who I am through you, until we let that happen, I believe we just continue to almost play a game and have a mask on. And we don't see the freedom that God actually wants to show us as his people. Because I don't read anywhere in the Genesis part of the Bible, I don't read anywhere in John, in fact I don't read anywhere in the Bible where it says, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son so that Kelly won't perish, but she's the only one who's going to have eternal life. I haven't read that. I haven't read that it says that the Salvation Army members won't perish but will have eternal life. It says, last time I checked, if you flick a little further down in John chapter 3, you will see it saying, many of you will be able to repeat it, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son so that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but will have everlasting life. Not whoever's a Catholic, not whoever's Anglican, not whoever's born in Australia, not whoever's whatever, whoever. And so the Spirit of God is right within each and every one of us. But I believe that we actually tune him out and our sin makes it a heck of a lot easier than we realise. just want to encourage you for a moment. Now, I am taking a risk here because at least two of you might be probably extremely tired and ready to nana-nap. Um, so, Pete and Darren, I'm looking at you. But um, close your eyes for just a moment. Just close your eyes. I want you to think about a time where you felt the wind. Picture what you were doing at that time. Picture where you are, what you're wearing, who you're with. And whether you're sitting, standing, lying down, wherever you are, whatever you're doing. Feel that wind again. Can you see its effect on you or around you? Is it blowing your hair? Is it rustling the leaves next to you? Is it making the waves bigger than you'd expect? Now picture Jesus sitting with you or standing with you. He's right there next to you. 
And he's showing you that as the wind as the wind has a cause and effect, so too do those of us who believe in Christ in what we do. As we listen to Jesus' words, as we feel his presence right there with us, what is he saying to you? What is he trying to release in you? What is he wanting to wash away from your life? The Spirit will bring up those things that you need to deal with, those things that you should be doing that maybe you're not. The Spirit is there stirring your heart, guiding you, showing you the next step for you to take. God, I want to thank you for allowing us your spirit to work in each and every one of our lives. Lord, I thank you that on the day of Pentecost, you did indeed release your spirit. It came in like a rushing wind and and flames of fire were seen upon people's heads, Lord. And, And we just ask that that again today can happen to each one of us here that we indeed can put aside anything that's maybe trying to block your spirit, that is grieving you, that is, that is against what you would want us to be doing and that you will just cleanse us and release your spirit within us so that we can live the life that you call us to lead. Lord, let us show your spirit Wherever we go, whatever we do, may it be your words, your actions that come out through us and not our own. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for sharing that with me this morning. I don't know, for some of you, you might have found that a bit strange. Um, Hopefully you found it helpful. Because I know that God is released in each and every person's life. But we have that choice. Just as we have the choice to follow God or not, we can choose not to follow him. We can admit that he was, he was who he says he was as Jesus Christ. We can believe that he indeed was the son of God and has come to take our sins. But we can choose to do nothing about that. We can choose to live our life the way we ever feel like we should and doesn't matter. It's our choice. God gives us that free will. Are you going to choose to let the Spirit be released in you today? We need Jesus to work in our lives. And then we will see a Bendigo in Australia that becomes the type of community that we each so desire would happen. But it starts with us. It starts with me.
So next time you're stuck outside in the wind, probably not collecting at Golden Square anymore, but the next time you're out there or you go to blow dry the hair, think about how the Spirit of God is going to come upon you and how he wants to make that difference within you so that you can live the life that he calls you to live. I'm going to have an opportunity. You may want to come and pray. It's entirely up to you. This is, of course, your time between you and God. And while we have this song together, the spirit song, we're going to have an opportunity for those. um, You might just want to stay right where you are, but there is something again about being able to get up and physically move and say to God, okay, God, this, this is it. You've got me. You've got me. Release what you need to within me. And so as you let the Son of God enfold you, as you let his spirit and his love just take upon your life and become all that you're meant to be, let God do that within you this morning.